The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is John Rome, who is the Deputy CIO and Voice Evangelist at Arizona State University. Hi, John. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today to talk to you guys. Yeah, welcome, John, and thanks for joining us. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at ASU. Sure, I can do that. So I work in our central IT organization, and my title is Deputy CIO, and I spend most of my days worrying about analytics, making sure that our users and our students get access to the data they need and the services that they need. We have over 100,000 students here, as well as about 15,000 staff and faculty. So we're a big place. We use technology a lot, and I spend you know most of my days worrying about making sure the students and staff get the services that they need. But I also have this, I call it a moonlighting job of being the voice evangelist. I so believe in voice and voice enablement that I've given myself that own moniker to help raise awareness and hopefully adoption of voice and AI on our campus. Well, great. Well, that's actually part of the reason why we connected. So we were both speakers at the Voice Summit in New York, New Jersey earlier this month in July of 2018, for those who are listening. And you were one of the featured speakers there. So for our listeners that were not able to make the event, can you tell us a little bit about what you talked about and give us a short overview of what you covered? Yeah. So what I talked about was really our story about voice and really how we voice enabled a residence hall here on campus. We built a new dorm or residence hall for our engineering students. And for those 1,500 incoming freshmen, we made Echo Dots available to these students. You know, they could choose their or not to choose to take them. And so we delivered those as well as an official ASU skill with that, where the students could ask up to, say, 500 questions about what's happening on campus events. And they could not only use it for music, but get information about what really what's happening on campus. And so at the conference, which was really well attended, I was surprised to see over 3,000 attendees. It was a great opportunity to tell our story of how we're doing, you know, voice enabling this campus, as well as sort of what's coming next. So it was really great to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I know that ASU has some really cool initiatives that integrate voice technology into everyday life of students, staff, and faculty. And that Mm -hmm. was one example. But can you provide some other examples of how you guys have been able to do that? Yeah. So I think really we focus really on this official skill. And if for those of you who are new to voice on your mobile phone, think about an app location that you would download on voice, such as the Alexa dot, you actually download or you enable skills. And so we built one specifically for ASU where we could ask all those questions. But in addition to that, we've introduced in some of the engineering programming classes sort of some short lessons on how do we actually build these skills out there. And it's really well received by the students. They feel like, hey, I'm on the verge of something really new that's happening out there. And it's really great to actually go to these classes and see students who voice enable the robot, let's say, to take commands and do things. And so I think they're doing a little bit around how do I actually 
program these devices, and then not only just around computer and voice, but how do I hook them up to things that move? And, and so it's exciting to see that. So we're kind of on this cusp of this new technology. And so right now, it's, we're focusing on the skill that our students can use and then in the classroom, but then there's just so much more coming. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's a very interesting use case. And I don't think I've ever heard that before. You know, college campuses, like part of your welcome to school kit, you know, here's your syllabus and all your instructions. And by the way, here's an Alexa voice assistant that's yeah. sort of already enabled with this particular skill. So don't call us, you know, at three o'clock in the morning asking questions. You can just talk to the device. That's a really interesting use case. Yeah, and I wanted to say, too, not only did we build the official skill, but within the first few days, students actually went out there and built their own skills. And it was great to see. In fact, one of them even published it to the Amazon Alexa store. So one student went out there. The name of the new residence hall is called the Tooker Hall. And there's an official skill out there called Tooker Hall. So he hooked it up, put a Google calendar out there. And now students could go out there and see what events are happening right in the residence hall there. So, I mean, three days after we released it, we had students who were actually developing these skills. And the survey results were really amazing to see, first of all, how they're using it, what they wanted to see, but just the adoption was more than what we expected. Yeah, that is a pretty cool use. But with voice skills, it's not easy to search through a menu of skills. So how did people even find that? Yeah, you know, we had, that's a great question. I think part of it was the advertising. You know, we created a website called ask.asu.edu. So we, we made that available through our portal pages. And then some of it was by word of mouth, but a lot of it was when we delivered the Echo Dots to the students who had to basically sign a form saying, yes, I'm going to follow the student code of conduct. I'm not going <laughs> to use these Echo Dots as, as hockey pucks. I'm not going to go to order a flat screen TV off one of my roommates. So we did it that way and it was kind of a little bit viral. So remember, this is only 1,500 students and we have over 100,000 students. So clearly the word got out there and the other students are asking, hey, what about me? Can we get on this program? And so that's what we're working on now. How do we provide Echo Dots or voice at some price points where students can actually go in and do it themselves? That's good. Well, you know, I was actually going to dig into a little bit about that. So college kids, I know what I was like when I was in college and, you know, and Alexa devices, they don't always... Sometimes that could be a recipe for trouble. <laughs> Sounds like you yeah. addressed that, though. So I'm kind of curious. I'm going to ask you a few things and kind of bring it all together. So I'm really wondering what some of those real-world experiences were, you know, both positive and, and, and I don't necessarily mean you to focus on the negative, but some things that were maybe unexpected that didn't go as you anticipated, both positive and negative. You actually already shared one of them about a student developing a skill, which is really cool. And, you yeah. know, and sort of as part of that experience, as you know, even though kids are technical and I shouldn't call them kids anymore. I mean, the student at school, we all grew up with devices, you know, it's intelligent assistants are still fairly new to market. So all this together, the experiences that you actually had and some of the challenges of bringing it in place, I'd love to sort of get your thoughts on that. So yeah, first, you know, clearly the positives really outweigh the negatives. And, you know, first of all, sort of a really positive response rate. What was your experience when we talked about how many times they used them a day? Those were quite high. We were also surprised that a lot of students actually ordered things through the Alexa platform. So instead of just going to Amazon and buying something on their website, I think it was 6% actually ordered something via the Alexa. Um, they're not buying high dollar things. We were curious, like, how much were you actually spending? And so those were just, it just seemed like there were so many great stories and they used Use them to set alarms to make sure they woke up in time for class or for, say, a test they need to take. And they used it a really a lot like the typical folks like myself who use the Alexa. They typically use it to play music and to get the weather report. So we saw a lot of, you know, it wasn't anything different how we typically use this. We just had this added bonus of having sort of ASU content out there in, in a way to do it. Um, you know, on the negative side, you wanted to know about that. I think 
primarily it was really around there. This wasn't really necessarily the students per se. It was really around some of the leadership were really concerned about privacy practices and how do we do that? And, you know, is the university going to be liable if anything that happens? And so that's, you know, we, we try to do our due diligence there. We actually had the students sign waivers saying, I'll follow the student code of conduct. And so we did that. But And I think that it all worked out. I, I think that we decided not to own the devices, that these became sort of student property. And then we realized as years go on, we, you know, the other thing is that we're not necessarily stuck with technology because clearly that your know, voice is really in its infancy and it's going to get more and more mature and new devices that will be coming out. But I think it was just a great experiment of saying, okay, really, what is this like? And really positive, positive feedback. And I think students are realizing too, that, you know, some of them actually went and bought a Philips Hue bulb and were able to turn on and off lights. And they're realizing sort of this productivity they gain by no longer having to go to a website or to their mobile phone. They could actually just speak something and do it. And some of your listeners know or you know that I can speak, say, 140 words a minute versus type about 40. Clearly, the productivity and just the ease of use is going to happen. So, you know, we're kind of getting our feet wet putting our toes, making this beachhead into voice. And this is just the start. You know, there's just so much more coming. Now, instead of just asking these questions, just think about if we had put, say, a, an AI voice tutor within a particular class that I can actually 24 by 7 ask questions about my econ class. So that's really what the next steps are. Is like, you know, here we've made our beachhead into voice. Now what's going to be the next steps? You know, how do we enable classrooms? How do we enable meeting rooms? How do we put these in public spaces like historical markers around campus? How do we put them up with digital signage? How do I use them to help me navigate around campus? There's just endless opportunities out there with voice. And so this was just really a way to sort of showcase what we can do. And then also, it's inevitable, I think, that voice is going to happen. So how do we get prepared for that? Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, you're starting them as freshmen so that they really get it throughout their entire college experience, and they almost know no different. But mm -hmm. you mentioned that you only gave this to about 1,500 students. So how were those students identified and, you know, chosen to give the Alexa yeah. devices to? Yeah, in this case, it was just these were going to be the engineering students, primarily all freshmen that went into this new residence hall. So it's just sort of this sample of a student. Already they're in sort of a high-tech dorm or residence hall. And, you know, these students are a little bit more technical than most. And so I think they had kind of a leg up on the technology. So it just seemed like that was sort of the natural entry point of getting these in students' hands. And now, you know, we're working closely with Amazon and Amazon Web Services of sort of what's the next step? How do we make them so the price points, say students can buy them, say, over Amazon Prime? So those are just some of the things that we're working on right now of what's next. And, you know, we also sort of monitor network usage of the dots. So we were actually able to go out there and see not only are students using them, but we saw more and more students on our network with Echo Dots and departments around campuses. So, you know, shortly after we went live, I think we counted another three to 400 Echo Dots that kind of came on the network after that. So Clearly, the departments are out there, are sort of testing the waters. You know, other colleagues and IT organizations around campus are using it. So clearly, you know, everyone's really curious about really what does this mean? And is this truly going to be the next disruptor? First was the say the web back in 1995, then the mobile phone came around, say, what, 2007. Now is voice going to be this next technology dis disruptor? So clearly a lot of curiosity. And, you know, if you know a little bit about ASU, we've been named the most innovative institution three years in a row by U.S. News and World Report. So clearly we have to keep up with that innovation. And so voice was one way that we could do that. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, one last final question on sort of the technology and the platform. 
Now, obviously, there's lots of voice assistants out there now. There's an increasing amount. We, we talked here about Alexa, but there's also Google Home and Siri and Cortana and a bunch of others. Was there a specific reason that you chose the Alexa platform? Yeah, great question. I think part of it is that we have a really great relationship with Amazon, first of all, Amazon Web Services. So I think that was part of the reason we were starting to move a lot of our compute to Amazon Web Services. And then just looking at market share right now, clearly the Alexa is king. And, you know, if you look at some of the industry numbers, you know, maybe by 2022, that might not be the case. But we just think now there's really an entry point that we should go on. And, and clearly, we'll watch the market as it goes. If you come into my office today, you'll see not only do I have all of the versions of Echo from the Echo Show to the Spot to the Tap, we also have the Google and Apple devices here too. So we're realizing that we know that there will be other uses out there. And I think technology will get to a point where, like you can build an app for a mobile device that you can kind of make it both Apple and or the Android. I'm sure one day there's companies working on it now. I can build a voice skill and I can move it to the various platforms out there. So I think that's kind of the reason why we went with Amazon. And, and we've been really happy, first of all, with the partnership and also just the response from our students. Great. You know, I really like how you guys are incorporating and embracing technology. So it's interesting to kind of see maybe how adoption will progress with these students and, you know, potentially even how their college experience might change and majors may be influenced based on this. It's pretty interesting stuff. And I'll mention one more thing, sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, most of our development now is actually being done by students. So we have a team of Alexa developers with a couple of professional staff, but I would say we have five or six students who are actually doing a lot of the development. And, you know, we started this last summer. Yeah, last summer, let me do my math there. And clearly all the students who graduated last spring, three of them all got jobs, no questions asked. I think one of them actually entered this in voice technology. So, you know, if they're going down this path, clearly I think there's a sort of this new market out there that students are starting to realize, hey, I should think about voice. And clearly, as we all saw at the voice conference we attended, uh, there's clearly a lot of interest in, in voice and, and people are now paying attention to that as a possible career path. Yeah, that's definitely a great statistic to flaunt. And also these skills that these students are developing are really geared towards other students. And I think that that helps with adoption and that helps with usage in general when, when people mm -hmm. build a skill that's actually valuable. Even if it's just to a small little community, ASU students, there can be a lot of potential for that. Mm -hmm. So as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and then its application to corporations and universities and beyond? That's a great question. And I wish I you know, had the crystal ball to tell us. And you know, being in technology a long time, when we talk about AI, you ask yourself, is this the next buzzword? You know, a few years ago, it was big data or if it's analytics. You just know, like, where are we really truly at with AI? And I think the good news is I think there's huge opportunities. First of all, we just don't know the impact yet. But you know, I think that we're trying to prepare ourselves for really what can AI bring to students out there. As I talked about before, we're looking at how do we build a voice skill out there, a smart tutor. And if you think about the benefits of having that available to our students 24 by 7 and freeing up some of the faculty's time to work on other things, if the students are asking very similar questions, you can sort of put that onto an AI bot to do that. And so I think that there's just endless opportunities out there. And in fact, recently we were when we talk about new positions, we actually, my team actually was given an AI position and we're all trying to figure out really what does that mean? Is, does this person do data science? Do they do machine learning? And, and we're not exactly sure yet, but clearly we're having to figure out 
how to make things easier for our students, I think, first of all, and then really how can technology do this? And so we're clearly adopting not only voice at our campus, we're also looking at how AI and machine learning can really benefit us in terms of looking at these mounds of data and sort of making decisions on that, or how do we take this corpus of knowledge from classroom textbooks to all these resources on the web, and how do you then make this available in a platform that's very easy to use? And so, you know, I wish I had the crystal ball, but clearly this is here and it's going to stay. And so how do we understand it, not only in terms of how is it going to help us, but also be prepared to have the discussions about, you know, what are some of the things, the negative things that we can expect around AI and, and all the negative things, whether it's Elon Musk or realizing that AI sometimes is prejudiced in terms of what it does. Now, how do we prepare for it? Because clearly for Arizona State University to scale, we clearly have to use technology. And, and I know that AI is poised to help us. And let's figure out how to make that happen. Well, great. Well, this has definitely been a great podcast. You shared a lot of insight with us. And I think you're putting, even though we've had a conversation specifically about voice, as we all know, voice is one of those things that's a gateway to getting people interested in intelligence and intelligent assistance in general. So I think really very, very valuable to our listeners. So John, we really wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate you participating. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.